All right, America, welcome to the fastest growing podcast in the history of the known universe. And Thursdays are always the, the greatest podcast in the history of the known universe because A.J. Hoffman's going to join me. I want to tell you, we are live at Midtown Bar and Grill today. And the cool thing is the owner, Robbie, who will, will join me uh, once A.J. and I are done. Uh, it's his birthday. So go shawty. God knows how drunk he's going to be when he comes on. Because I've been here since two, and everybody's buying him shots, and I'm, I might have had a few myself, shocker, but um, uh, but yeah. So he, he's got to pace himself because he's got to be here till midnight, right? And so I was trying to tell him that, and we've all been trying to tell him that, and it's just like, oh, somebody else buys a shot. Happy birthday, Robbie! So uh, if you want to come out and make things worse when he comes on, uh, come on over to Midtown Bar and Grill, buy Robbie a shot, and. Uh, get him drunk so anyway aj hoffman joins me i'm not even gonna you know do all my intro shit screw that uh just love having aj on oh big freaky mike in the house what's up butter brother uh what's going on man you know just uh living the dream out here in the desert it's uh it's cooled down a little bit so that's always nice uh but i'm dealing with some life stuff you know i uh, got a uh a 16 year old son with a driver's license and he had it for about three weeks before he uh he ran into a curb and um, so that's, you know, I, you know how it is when like your insurance already goes to, to shit as soon as you add a 16 year old driver and then something like that happens. Like, oh, great. Fun times, fun times. So, uh, yeah, other than that, though, it's just it's the football season grind. And now we've sprinkled in a little bit of college basketball, too. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm going and blowing, baby. College football is almost done. That's a good thing. But then, uh, you know, it, is it I mean, really? Is it really? No, I'm, it's I'm not. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a good thing for that's a good thing for me to focus on college basketball and, and the NFL. But it is like I I, I love college football. I love uh, I, I love the way it goes. You know, you know. I, I, but it, it is this time of year that like people talk about the sports equinox when all the sports are playing. For this is my equinox where all the sports that I bet on are happening at the same time. Yeah, and it's just a drain, man. But. Uh, I, I I love this week in college football conference championship week, and obviously there's some there's already some teams that I have circled that I want to fade in the bowl games. One in particular we can talk about here in a little bit. Um, it, they haven't even announced a bowl for them, but as soon as they do, I think there's going to be a, an opportunity for our, our our listeners to make some good money. So um, yeah, and then I, obviously I, I think there's uh, there's interesting games this week as well. So uh probably a, a heisman trophy gets won this weekend and it's a it's it's, it's a good sports weekend yeah i uh, and there's a couple of games i really like that you know i always love to bounce stuff off you so uh uh we'll, we'll talk about that but uh welcome in chuck b hannon our buddy raj uh, raj i hope you won money at poker last night i got Orale. i got too drunk to go over uh flea and zed appreciate you guys yeah i was actually gonna go play last night and then um well, so one of our new sponsors is Midtown Bar and Grill, and he's got a place upstairs that he's going to turn into a event room. And so we went up to kind of a friend of mine who's in construction went up there, and so she was giving him a lot of great suggestions. And she also, well, Eva, who's on the show, you guys know her. Uh, she's also a great comedian, and she's going to do her comic sets up there, and we're going to do a concert up there and all that stuff. So I spent last night doing that and having too many shots. But uh, that happens. Yeah, it does happen. I mean, you know, it pretty much happens to me every day. And uh, I, I just want to say uh, one more time for those of you who are listening Monday, I really appreciate all the condolences. And, and just so you know, uh, the funeral for Alexis is Sunday. 
And, um, you know, it's been a, been a rough week. And, and yeah, I didn't tell you about this, AJ, but my brother Mag's uh, stepdaughter, who I guess is my stepniece, was killed in a car accident last Tuesday. Oh, no. And, yeah, and we were supposed to do uh, Thanksgiving at their place. But which brother is this? Uh, Mag, the, the one who had the brain tumor that we lost oh. connection for 17 years. Yep. Yeah, uh, and, you know, and he lives four blocks from me now. And so he and his new wife, I mean, I... I probably spend five days a week with him Man. Uh, and, it, and it was horrible because we were going to all have it was the first time her kids because she still got a couple kids in mexico right and they were all going to come up and we were going to spend thanksgiving together and you know have just awesome day and uh and uh yeah and so she, there was this horrible accident on i-10 where she got rear-ended by an 18-wheeler and uh The, uh, the, she, she passed away on Friday. The only positive out of this is because the way the accident was, it just kind of, uh, destroyed her brain stem, but the rest of her body was fine. So she was able to donate seven organs. So, so some lives are going to get saved out of it, but we talked about it a lot on Monday and just everybody was so cool. And I, you know, I love you guys on the chat, but yeah, it was, it was heartbreaking and it's, uh, you know, it's been a fucked up year for me uh personally because i mean i just it, it, but it's so bad for them because annabelle so like you know you know me i have this little group we all go out and hang out and drink and mag and annabelle are you know uh probably the the king and queen of the group and annabelle's like our little um i mean she's this tiny woman and i love her to death but she's sort of the matriarch of the group right and there was a day and, and frankly now that we're coaches uh, I'll, I'll tell the story. I was dating this woman who went nuts on me in front of everybody, right? And she was just drunk and stupid. And tiny little Annabelle gets in between us and just starts saying, you do not talk to Fred like that. And it just went on and on about, you know, oh, this is my brother-in-law. You've never talked to him like that. You're not good enough for that. It was, just, and it was you know, and, and half of it I couldn't understand because, you know, she's got a thick Spanish accent. But... Uh, but you know, I just loved her for that. And, and you know, that, that's, it, she's just so full of life and so much fun. And I, I, and you know, you and our parents, I can't imagine what it's like to lose it's a tough. kid. And how now old was, how old was she? 25. Ah, it's brutal. Uh, well, and, and, you know, lawyer Dave lost his daughter a lot, two years yep. ago. And so the, the one thing about it was at least Raquel and him have been through it and they, they've been very, very helpful. Uh, so that's the one positive. And I mean, it's not a positive. It's just, it's nice that somebody understands. Cause I don't, all sure. I can say is, Hey, whatever, whatever you need, man, like, let me go walk your dog. Let me do something. You want to go have a drink and get it off your, you know, get something off your chest. I'm here. But, uh, but I don't understand. I, I can't even imagine, but I'm starting to imagine now. Cause this is twice. And yeah, I have to say it was, um, uh, so yeah, I spent Thanksgiving at home getting drunk and watching football and I, I, I couldn't leave the house for a few days. It's just, I didn't want to be around anybody. That's tough, man. You know, cause other than them, I mean, you know, and, and, and I check in on them every day and, and you know, they're struggling, but, uh, yeah, so the funeral Sunday and then, you know, uh, but obviously this isn't going away anytime soon. So, um, yeah, but anyway, um, let's get to the fun stuff. Sorry guys. Uh, you know, but. Hey, we've always been about life, man. Good and bad. That's it. And it happens. Whether you yeah. want it to or not, life that it, it doesn't go away, huh? 
No, no. Well, I'm glad it doesn't. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, but yeah. I just mean like the, the, there's always some shit happening in life is what right. I mean. Like, eventually it does go away. It's just uh, you, you hope it's not like today. Oh, no, no. But, but talking about your kid. So I don't know if you remember this because we did talk about it on the show, but it was a lot of years ago because now he's graduated from grad school. But when I was teaching Will to drive, I was letting him drive my expedition that got destroyed in the accident, right? And after about five minutes of him almost hitting every car on the fucking street, I'm like, you know what, son, you're going to you're going to student driver thing. You're not. This isn't happening. I'm not teaching you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, I, I swear he almost sideswiped the goddamn Porsche, and I've been like, oh Ooh. shit, yeah. All right, so hey, let's talk about the college football rankings first because. Um, you know, I was talking to some. Eastern You're gonna get me fucking charged up on this. I can tell you already. No, good because I was, I, I, you know, I was going over it with some friends yesterday, and I was trying to find a path for UT. And right now, all I can see is Michigan has to lose to Iowa, uh, which I don't see happening. Florida, Florida, uh, Florida State has to lose to Louisville, which I can see happening. Uh, but is beating Oklahoma State going to be enough to put them past Ohio State? And I mean, Georgia has to beat Alabama because you got to get Alabama out of there too. So, how, do you see a path for UT better than that? No, yeah, I do. I I don't think Michigan has to lose. I I, I think Michigan, if Michigan stays undefeated, they're like, I, I, I think I think that was a team that Texas wasn't even concerned with. I think what we're looking at now is. A, a big uh, Michigan. We, I mean, Michigan's. A, I, I'm not. I'm not even going to pretend like Iowa has a chance to win. They're 22 point dogs. Uh, I, I like Michigan to cover. Here's a hint. Okay. Um. So let's say Michigan's in. The SEC winner is going to be in, whether it's Georgia or Alabama, and I don't believe Georgia will be in with a loss. Uh, they, they they didn't do enough. Like they didn't have an, a difficult enough schedule this season. They didn't play a, a big non conference game that's going to get them boosted up. So I think they would be out. The, the winner of the Pac-12 is going to be in. I, I think it's going to take just a a, a a Florida State loss is really what you're what you're hoping for if you're a Texas right. fan. Ohio State's ahead of them in the rankings right now, but the the fact that Ohio State doesn't play a game this week is is a big deal. I, I mean, they're it's real easy to say, okay, well Texas jumps Ohio State because Ohio State didn't play, even if it is just Oklahoma State, which isn't like some great shake. It's not going to be a big win. But I think Ohio State does get jumped by by Texas, you know, just because they're playing in championship week. They've always said that, you know, that it matters. Winning your conference championship matters. Right. The issue I have with this whole thing is I'm getting differing differing tales of what it, what this is about. If it's about getting the four best teams in, then we shouldn't even be talking about Florida State. I'm sorry. Yes, they're not exactly. they're not I one hundred percent agree. They're not one of the four best teams. That said, if we're talking about the four most deserving teams, they're in that group. They yeah. like they beat LSU. Like they, they played two SEC schools in the non-conference. That that deserves rewarding. They went undefeated, assuming they go undefeated. I, I again, I, I don't know that they will, but assuming they go undefeated, as far as resume goes, of course, even without Jordan Travis, that right. is still one of the four best resumes in the country. But you can't tell me that Oregon has a better resume than Texas or Alabama because they don't. They, they, the strength of schedule, and that was the craziest thing about the. And I get that this is a TV show. The uh, the, the college football playoff thing is a TV show, right. and but on the TV show they said 
they compared the resumes of Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, and Oregon all on the screen at the same time, and it showed, you know, like there's no metrics. There's strength of record, strength of schedule, top 25 wins, you know, like – Oregon doesn't stack up in any of those right. to those other three schools, yet they're the highest ranked. And again, I'm not saying Oregon isn't one of the four best teams in the country. I believe they actually are. And in fact, I think they're probably better than Texas. Like, But they would certainly be favored over Texas. But the question is, have they done more to earn that than Texas has? And I would say no. I think what you're seeing here is Texas, Ohio State, and Alabama all did something that Oregon didn't do, and that was schedule a major non-conference game, a marquee right. game. Ohio State went to Notre Dame and won. They won ugly, but they won. We can kind of remove Ohio State from the conversation because they, they're not going to be able to win their conference. They're not going to play in the conference title game. Couldn't win their division. That's a bummer for them. But Texas and Alabama, if Alabama didn't play that game against Texas, they'd be undefeated right now, and – there would be, like, win or lose, I think both SEC schools would get in at that point. Like, I, I think yeah. they would say, oh, well. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. This is, like, this game, the SEC championship game doesn't even matter because they're both in. But they did. If they would have played Kent State instead of Texas, they'd be unbeaten. Instead, they played Texas, they got beat, and now they're in a position where they've got to fight. For Texas, I mean – you, you you have to reward teams who go out of their way to play these big games. Because, listen, that's what college football begs for. Like, right. you want ratings early in the season? You're not going to get ratings with Alabama against, you know, uh, Jacksonville State. Nobody wants to watch that. But when you've got Alabama versus Texas on a Saturday, everybody turns it on. People who don't give a shit about Alabama or Texas turn it on. Absolutely. And do you know how many teams – how many teams have beat Nick Saban coached Alabama at home by double digits? Uh, I can't remember the last time it happened before this. It's it, it never happened. Yeah. This was the first time Nick Saban lost at home as the coach of Alabama by double digits. This was the fifth home loss in 15 years for Alabama, right. period. Even, so even like, when he was 6-6 six and six that first year, right? Yeah. I mean, so you can't. You can't look at what Texas did and say, eh, it's a nice win, but, you know, eh. the the best win, and I, there's people who are arguing that the Pac-12 is the best conference. Uh, not, and no. early in the season, man, the Pac-12 looked good. Everybody was winning. Everybody was ranked. And the reason they were ranked is because they were all 4-0. You know why they were all 4-0? Because they didn't play anyone in the non-conference. If you look... At every team in the Pac-12, you stack up all of their resumes. The best non-conference win for any team in the Pac-12 was Washington State beating Wisconsin, seven and five Wisconsin. That's the best. That's the best out-of-conference win yeah. for the entire Pac-12. Like Oregon's best out-of-conference win was Texas Tech, a game that they were losing with 90 seconds to go. Yeah. I, there's they just didn't push themselves and so everybody got boosted up colorado's undefeated they're ranked now the pac-12 homers are trying to argue well oregon beat colorado when they were ranked there was never a day in the season where colorado was one of the 25 best teams in the country no it was never even close 
but they, because they, they beat because they beat TCU, who turned out to be trash. Exactly. That's it. They got this reputation, Dion, and all that. I mean, it was a media. They, they beat media Texas. Pricing. They they beat TCU, not a bowl team. They beat Nebraska, not a bowl team. They they beat Colorado State, not a bowl team. And they were like, well, shit, we got to rank them. They're three and zero. Dion's the coach. Yeah, and it turns time, out, it turned out. Oh well, they just don't win any more games. That's it. That's what Colorado wins. So it, I don't know, man. It, like we thought, USC was good. USC wasn't good. Uh, UCLA, they were good early on. They weren't good. That you can't be good if you lose to Cal and Arizona State. Uh, Washington State ended up not being good. Utah ended up not. They they were okay, but they weren't really good. The one team in the Pac-12 that really exceeded expectations was Arizona. Right. And, th- I mean, that's cool, but it, do- it doesn't mean that the Pac-12 was, like, the juggernaut that people thought it was early in the season. And they're well, like, even, well, they, even, all, they all beat each other. Oregon but- State, even Oregon State, who we both thought was a good team early. No. Yeah. I think Oregon State's a good team. I just don't think they're as good as I thought they were. Yeah, um But, it, it, you know, listen, at some point, you have it, it's either about eye test or it's about resume. It can't be both. And by having Oregon and Florida State ahead of Texas and Alabama, they're they're having their cake and eating it too because yeah. Oregon doesn't have a better resume than either of those schools, and and Florida State isn't a better they they're not a better team than those two. So no, it's just a uh, it, it's a it's the situation's bad and unfortunately. I don't. I don't see like if if Texas was ahead of Oregon right now, and when Oregon beats Washington, they jump Texas. I, I can right. I can accept that, but as of today, for Oregon to be ranked ahead of Texas and Alabama is a is a farce. Well, and here's the other thing I'll say about Texas: we always talk about your losses, right? They they barely lost to Oklahoma in a rivalry game. They lost they, in the last 15 seconds of the game. That they outplayed Oklahoma. There were so many little things in that game, weird turnovers, the fourth down, all that stuff. They were the better team that day. You've got to look at that and say, come on. you know." I mean, now, to be fair, Oregon was better than Washington that day, too. I, I think right, Oregon was right. the better and team. They, and they missed the field goal, and yeah. But, uh, I mean, man, just based on what these teams have done so far this season – Oregon is not like all that Oregon's done is blow out teams that like that's what they're doing and and it's so which the answer is like if you say what what reasoning can you give me that Oregon is ahead of Texas and Alabama the only reasonable answer is I test right and and I and I kind of get this the Heisman Trophy winner is probably playing for Oregon and like would you like to have that guy in your playoff sure uh, it, it, like the fact that on that TV show when they were like, how do you justify Oregon being ahead of Texas and Alabama? And they say, well, Bo Nix is completing 72% of his passes. It's like, what? With two, with what, two interceptions, yeah. What, what does that have to do with anything? Like, that, I mean, I, I'm a firm believer Bo Nix should be the Heisman Trophy winner. I, I, that doesn't mean that his team should be in the playoff. It just doesn't. So well, and just to say this, Bo Nix has played every game and almost every snap. Uh, Quinn Ewers didn't. I mean, Texas had to go through a, a backup quarterback for a while, and, and they knocked Texas because they only beat Kansas State by three, which is a that's a crazy thing to act like Kansas State is not a good win, and they to beat them by three with a backup quarterback. Yeah, like to to take something away from that is just is nonsensical. So, 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, Bo, Bo Nix didn't have to play every snap because there were games where they were up by 50, right. and he, he sat out the second every, half. Every meaningful snap, yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's – listen, and there's people who are like, well, that, that Texas – when Texas beat Alabama, it was a different team. Jalen Milrow wasn't Jalen Milrow yet. Maybe. And they're like, well, why did Jalen Milrow get benched against South Florida? And remember, we ta- I think we talked about this at the time. Jalen Milrow wasn't benched by Nick Saban. No, that was that was Tommy Reese saying, I think my guys can do better. And and Nick Saban looked at the game. He said, OK, it's South Florida. You want your guys to play? You show me what they've got. And they were both absolute dog shit. And Nick Saban <laughs> said, you see, this is why I decide who plays quarterback. You call plays for the quarterback. I tell you to call plays for. And Jalen Milrow was one of the best quarterbacks in the season from that point on. Um, I, I don't think that's I, I, like people knocking Alabama for because they benched Milrow. That that's not what happened. It's a it's right. a, a farce. So I, you know, listen, I'm not one to uh to feel. Maybe I am one to feel bad for these blue blue blood programs. You know, I like to see the the big boy teams make it. Yeah, and, and I, I to me right now Texas and I don't know what's going to happen this weekend, but Texas and Alabama right now have done more this season. Than Oregon has, and it's not even close, to be honest. Well, well, and okay, and so as much as I hate the expansion to twelve, I think eight would have been fine. And next year, we won't be happy. We'll, we'll be arguing or six. about six. Was yeah. probably the number. That's the number I six used to say. If you're going to okay. expand it, let's go six. Yeah, we'll be arguing about 13, 14 next year. Which woo, can't Ugh. wait. Uh, it's it's like, like the the teams that miss out on the NCAA tournament. Yeah. It's but like, dude, our- you're not good enough. Sorry, you're, if you're the 60th best team in the country, you shouldn't even have a chance to play for the title. Yeah, we're arguing about Syracuse at 69 or something. Yeah, but, get out of but, here. So, Jim so Beheim pounding the table. Oh, this isn't fair. Yeah, but uh, I think, and to me, in a real fair playoff, I think Texas could win the national championship. I think Alabama could win the national championship. I do too. I think uh, Oregon can too. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, I think they can, yeah. But that has it has nothing to do with what they've done so far. That's my biggest issue. And people right. will say, well, Oregon would be favored over Texas. And to that I would say, LSU would be a touchdown favorite over uh, over Florida State if they played today. Yeah. Does that mean LSU with three losses should be in? I, I, that doesn't make sense. But And then they say, well, Florida State's unbeaten. They beat everybody on their schedule. Well, so did Liberty. Why is it right. Liberty in the national championship? Like, why can't they be in the play? Like, I mean, so they, whatever whatever people want to throw at you, there's always some kind of bullshit. And that's kind of the thing that sucks about having people decide, you know, who like who's in and who's out. It's That's why I always thought that the six would be good because every conference can be represented. You can have a wild, and a wild card. And that, that, that makes sense to me. And if the wild card's bitching, you can say, hey, if you're a wild card, you should have won your conference. You want to bitch, win your conference next year. Well, and uh- – the thing is, six would have been perfect when we had a power five, but now we're yeah. down to a power four. And it, it, you know. but it, now it's even better because now you can have you can have the power four conferences represented. You can have a G five in every year, and you can have the best non conference winner, but like a, a, a wild card, whether it's either it's Notre Dame or it's the runner up in the SEC or it's Ohio State, it's whoever yeah. it is. But that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. I, right. I don't know, like just 12. Now we're, we're getting to where like Tulane would be playing for the national title this year. We, we've seen this story. We've seen what like, yeah, that's the thing. We saw Cincinnati it's get all in. Fine. It's all fine and dandy to beat USC in a bowl game in a meaningless yep. bowl game. Uh, but let's say same thing happens and it's an actual playoff game. Tulane's not beating them. No, 
No, because not everybody's opting out. Tulane doesn't have guys opting out. Half USC is going to opt out of these games. It's it's apples to oranges, as you know. Well, I mean, it would be great to see Tulane win because I'd really like to get Willie Fritz as a UH head coach. But, you know, uh, anyway, so uh, before we move on, because I want to talk a little bit about a a couple of the coaching hires and then let's get into the championship week. But I got to tell you about Midtown Bar and Grill, our new sponsor. Uh, We'll be there every Monday, uh, 415 West Gray. Great place, great fruit, great food. Tommy, the owner, is fantastic. Uh, there's a, a patio out there, which dog friendly, so you can bring your dogs on the patio. And um, right now they're redoing upstairs to turn it into an event room. And um, we're gonna, my friend Eva's gonna have some comedy shows there. My band's gonna play some private shows there. It's gonna be a great setup. So. Uh, but going by, it, it's really an awesome place. And if you just want to order food, I mean, they do a bunch of business on Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff like that. Breakfast all day. I'll be honest. Like, I don't really have a schedule anymore. So sometimes at four. No, I mean, like, I'll sleep for a couple hours, get up, sleep for a couple hours, get up. Uh, but sometimes at four in the afternoon, I want breakfast tacos. I can get breakfast tacos. Man, I miss breakfast tacos. Oh, and, and theirs are great. And, I mean, just a huge menu. And uh, and come on out on Monday. We'll be doing the show at 5. And uh, hang out and try a few of the uh, – try the menu. Try the drinks, of course. And, um, you know, great place. And uh, they, uh, they're they going to be with us for a bit. So every Monday we'll be out there. And I appreciate them supporting the show. Um, and – I love go. I mean, I'd go there anyway, right? It's just one of those things where they're like, "Oh no, no, we we want to support the show, so please support them." Anyway, uh, all right, so let's let's move on a little bit. Uh, you were talking about the Heisman earlier, and you know, I had Tracy on Monday, and uh, <laughs> she hates me. She's uh, so oh, mad at me it's, about it's, all this. It's, it's so funny because, like, you know, I was kind of taking your side a little bit. Because, but you know what I have to say? She has really, really gotten good at the SEC. I mean, like, she knows a lot of stuff. She's got a lot of stats, uh, a lot of numbers. But, you know, she's all about Jaden Daniels for the Heisman. And it's like I told her, listen, I don't want to tear, tear Jaden Daniels down. Believe me. No, I'm, I'm not going to. He's awesome. No, if I'm one of those teams with a top pick, I there's quarterbacks that are rated ahead of him right now that won't be after the combine. Uh, that I would love to have the guy, but the Heisman isn't about who's the best player and who puts up the best stats. There's only really been two times that's happened, Johnny Manziel and uh, RG3, and that was because there weren't quality other alternatives. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think when you look at what Bo Nix has done, especially if he wins this weekend, which I think he will. I don't know if he's going to cover the nine and a half. We'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I, I mean – and I, I also think there's a little bias from people in the SEC that still think of Bo Nix as Auburn Bo Nix. Yeah. This ain't the same guy. No. Uh, no. And listen, I, I'll i be honest. I think part of me is turned off by Jaden Daniels, like the way that they've they've made it all about him and not about the team and like almost at the expense of the team, like forcing yeah. him to get these touchdowns. Like, I'll be honest, the Georgia Southern game was kind of gross. Like, yeah. I, if 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 you're gonna score eight touchdowns in a game or whatever against 
you know, Auburn or against Ole Miss, do it. Yeah. Against against these guys that you paid a bunch of money to play, it's just it just didn't look good. And that's at the end of the day, all those touchdowns that everybody talks about with Jaden Daniels, 16 of them came against Grambling, Army, and Georgia Southern. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how many of the, how many touchdowns came against Alabama? How many came against Florida State? The games where it really mattered. Right. It, that, that like if you show if you only show up big in your buy games and that like everybody's like, oh, Look what he did against Florida, and the numbers against Florida were incredible. Florida's not a bowl team, like so. No. You 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 beat the shit out of a, a bad team, like that's awesome. But it's it's just to me, it's not Heisman. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to like take anything away from his skills. I I think he's I think he's the best player in college football this year. Oh yeah, but no. I, the, best, I agree the best player doesn't always get the Heisman. Like that's just not how it works. No, um, and, and I'll also say this, and you know, everybody uses the Manziel comparison, but people forget Manziel ran for almost 600 yards more than Jaden Daniels did, and put up the same passing numbers. And the other thing is, uh, and, and Mike Evans was a big part of that, uh, just like Neighbors was a huge part of what Daniels did. I mean, that guy is incredible. And and I don't think you can dismiss that and just say he's he's going to put up the same numbers without without that guy a receiver. And and the thing that the 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 knife that cuts both ways is this: you can say, well, if Jane Daniels had a defense, he would be the Heisman Trophy winner. And honestly, that's probably true. If Jane Daniels had a, 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 an even slightly above average defense, and they go eleven and one, he, yeah, he, he probably wins the Heisman. But also, having that bad defense let him put up these cartoon numbers because they were always chasing, they're, they're always behind, chucking yeah. the ball around. And, and like, Bo Nix, I mean, it, it half that game that he put up, what, 50 points in the first half? And then he yeah. just sat. Like, him having a defense, if, it, if you're talking about just for statistical purposes, kind of kind of hurt him. So I, I see it both ways. I just... A couple weeks ago, I said it's it's basically impossible for Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman. I I mean, there's enough people now who have said like I, I think I saw a straw poll that the Athletic did that's been wildly accurate the last few years. It still says Bo Nix is going to win the Heisman, but it, like there's still there's some serious people, some people who actually have votes who are saying I'm going to vote for Jaden Daniels, and I'm not mad at it. I just don't think he's going to win. I I I. I like I said, if I had a vote, which I don't, it would be for Bo Nix. Uh, but that's mostly because I do take into account, like, are you a winner? Do you go out and win games? And right. that, that that matters to me. It, it, now, every voter has their own. And that's the thing about these awards. Every voter has their own de- definition of, of what is uh, what, what's what makes you the best. Um, but th- there's been plenty of seasons where if you were saying, who's, well, who's the NFL MVP? Well, why isn't it Matt Stafford? Oh, because he plays on the Lions and they're three and thirteen. Right. I mean, the numbers say he's the best. You know, I, it's to me that's not what the that's not what the Heisman is. And what's crazy is the guy who had the biggest Heisman moment isn't. He's got no chance of winning it. But what Jalen Milrow did on fourth and thirty-one against Auburn. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a Heisman moment right there. Yeah. And I, like it's like I said, I don't think Jalen Milrow wins it, uh, but. I, if Alabama beats Georgia, he might be more in the conversation. If he has a big game against Georgia, and yeah, I, I, that's I a guy, see that. yeah, that's a guy that they'll look back at and say, 
holy shit, that fourth and 31 play, like who else does that? Who's who's Jalen Milrow throws the best deep ball in college football. It's incredible. No people don't. That's an NFL throw that he made. Nobody in college football is making that throw. And they're going to look back and go, man, this guy, he ended up beating Georgia. He, he beat their biggest rival on fourth and 31 at the end of the game. That's like when you, when you do the Heisman highlight reels, like that's the kind of play you can show. And it goes on the highlight reel that they show before the Heisman. So well, it's, uh, I, I, mean, I don't think he's going to win it, but I think you could, yeah. you could put him in a conversation. It helped that Auburn imported the university of Houston defense for that play, but uh, <laughs> yeah, terrible, uh, terrible coach. I mean, that, that was just horrible. Uh, about that, a uh, couple of coaching hires. Uh, what do you think of Mike Elko to AM? I love it. Uh, yeah, I think it made sense. Uh, I, I was I was surprised that, first of all, let me say, I don't think Mike Stoops is like a shitty coach. Uh, I, I think what he's done at Kentucky is big, but I, I do think it's at Kentucky, and I think that's a good spot for him. I, I think he, he's a guy who can get, make Kentucky successful. If you go eight and four at Texas A&M, everybody's going to lose their mind again, and you're just yep. going to get fired. Mike Mike Elko understands that, and he also understands like what he's like what he's done at Duke is incredible. Duke should never be good at football, and they they've been good. Uh, I, I think that his the key for him, and I was I was kind of disappointed to see that they let go of Bobby Petrino. I, I thought having a good offensive coordinator, a good modern offensive coordinator would be big for Texas A&M. Uh, I, I, I mean, obviously, there's still a chance that they get one, but I, I think he's the right hire. I think he's going to get he's gonna get recruits in the building, and he may end up – we saw Riley Leonard enter, enter the transfer portal yesterday. Yeah. I'm sure A&M's on his short list. I, I would guess if – I, if I had to say two schools versus the field, I would say Texas A&M, Notre Dame versus the field is about yeah, even yeah, money. Because I heard Notre Dame today, and he's at least talking to them, so – uh, yeah, so that's that's what I would expect to happen. And if he gets Riley Leonard, man, you're already you're already better off than you were a year ago. So because uh, that's been a big problem for AM since Manziel is finding a quarterback. And yeah, I, Riley, I don't have, Riley Leonard's I don't, a dude. I don't care how many stars Connor Wegman has; he, he can't play. No, I mean nope. he's, he he's a poor man's Garrett Gilbert is what he is, and they need so. And I I know I know that. Uh, this kid can play because I've seen it at Duke. And yeah. and how about Elko having a great defense at Duke? Which, how do you do that with those kids? Yeah. Uh, and I, and you and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, A&M has not been the same on defense since Elko left. Uh, you know, and, and no offense to DJ Durkin, who has a great reputation, but his defenses weren't good. So, I love that hire. I mean, it may not work out. We don't know. And then uh, University of Houston fires Dana, which – you know, I had big time. Uh, well, I, it, I'm, I know. I mean, like the entire UH fan base and alumni base was done with him, but he's also a drinking buddy. So I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of hard. I get that. He's yeah. a good dude, but yeah, man, you, know, you understand that. Uh, uh, so from that perspective, I was kind of bummed, but um, I know they had to make a move. And of all the names I've heard, Willie, Willie Fritz excites me the most, even though he's 63 years old. Yeah, I like. Uh, I I don't know if it, if they what if it might be too small time for them, but I, I think Jeff Trailer would be a, a good hire. Well, they, they've uh, actually interviewed him twice. So. Okay, yeah, he, so, he's to so me I, that's. I will take him or Willie Fritz tomorrow. I don't want Gary Patterson. I don't want Cliff Kingsbury. 
uh, I'd really like to see. Uh, I'd like to see if I had a choice to be one of those two guys. I'll be honest. Kingsbury isn't the worst because Kingsbury is going to be able to recruit. Remember, Kingsbury got Patrick Mahomes to go to Texas Tech. Yeah, and but if see, you can, here, here's here's what I can't get over. He won four games with Patrick Mahomes up there. But again, that was at Texas Tech. Like it, you, yeah. UH now, like being in Houston, being in a, a big conference, I think their their recruiting level should just rise automatically. And guys, now now that Patrick Mahomes has happened, Cliff Kingsbury will say, "Listen, I was a guy who who found Patrick Mahomes, and yeah. look what he's doing now." I mean, sure, you can say, well, why did he only win four games? But well, no, he, had a horrible he still defense. found Patrick Mahomes, you know? <laughs> and it's not like Patrick Mahomes was a, a bad player in college. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know that they'll, that Kingsbury's like how serious of a candidate he is, but I, I don't hate the idea of it. I, I actually think he's pretty solid. No, I, I don't dislike it. I just, those are my preferences, right? Fair I, enough. I would, I would love to see. What, and, and Willie Fritz has got experience in Texas. He got to two championship games with Sam yep. Houston. Uh, I like that. And, and as you know, with Texas schools, you better have some Texas ties. And yeah. That, yeah. And that, that's why I like those two guys the best. And, well, Cliff has that. So, um, I guess I wouldn't be mad. I, I just don't think I'd like Gary Patterson. And it's just, Yeah, I, I, I just think hiring – and that's what wor- the thing that worries me the most about – uh, Fritz is. I don't know that hiring old is the answer in Houston. Right. I, I and I, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the uh, the Michigan OC because he's from here, which I wouldn't mind. Except I think he's going to wind up getting the Michigan job when Harbaugh leaves, and uh, the Oregon OC, which again, I don't mind names like that. Um, and maybe I'm I'm being semi conservative. When I say Willie Fritz, because I know what he can do. Yeah. But, um, but I am concerned about the age. I mean, because it's going to take a couple of years to turn this thing around. And suddenly, you know, if you're five years into this, we're talking about a 68-year-old coach. Right. And, you know, I'm an old, right? So I, I'm, but is that really what we need here? You know? No. And, now, the, the one other name that I'll throw out there that, and again, this may be, uh, a little pie in the sky. I, I don't know that it's uh, it's something that he would be looking to do, but Jamie Chadwell is. Listen, if I could get out of Liberty, I, I would. I, I'm sure he's got options. That guy can coach, and yeah, oh god, you know, yeah. That'd be and it'd be a, a fun brand of football. Which I, that's the other thing I think, and that's kind of why I like the idea of Jeff Trailer. And Cliff, for that matter, is I think having a a fun product on the field would do well for the fan base. And and I, Jamie Chadwell put a fun product on the field. Well, UH, I mean, when UH has been successful, it's always been with exciting offenses. Even going back to when I was in school, we had the run and shoot, right? Uh, and then Art Bryles and Kevin Sumlin and guys like that, where you just opened everything up and – you know, as far as I'm concerned, don't don't run the ball ever. Just throw the ball 90 times a game and yeah. and, and run it pace. I don't care. Uh, and that's and a friend of mine, uh, PJ from PJ Sports Bar, where we do the show sometimes. He brought up the guy from James Madison, which I also kind of was. Hey, that might not be a bad idea, because you know that's a guy with success, and boy, you bump him up a level. Who knows? 
Well, but, so uh, Kurt Signetti is the, the Indiana. That's it today, I think. In fact, Indiana hired him, so okay, he's yeah. he's no longer an option. Uh, I think UH would have been a better job than Indiana, though. But because uh, I think you can win at UH in Indiana, good luck. You know, that's just. Here's what I do know that what, one of the things I heard about Indiana was, I, and I haven't seen the details on the contract. But I know they were throwing out some big money. Like Indiana wants to get a, they want to get serious about their football program, and because the Big Ten, the new rights deal is so generous. Oh, it's sick. That yeah. It, I mean, it it allows them to throw money around like they've never thrown around before. And Indiana was the school, like, because they, I mean, it was a little bit of a surprise that they fired the coach that they had. Yeah. Uh, and the the only reason you do that is you're going to try to try to make a big splash. Yeah. So they were willing to spend. I don't know. I don't know what UH was willing to spend in, on, on a coach. I don't know what they are willing to spend on a coach. Uh, but that that was a that was one of the things that I heard was Indiana was throwing around big numbers because the Big Ten rights deal is now like it's so generous that they've got money to spend that they've never had before. Well, and. and- Interestingly enough, when you talk about UH, it's like uh, it's kind of the same thing with AM when everybody's like, oh, they're paying Jimbo 76 million. One of their alums just has to sell one of their Gulf streams to pay for that, right? Yeah. And uh, same thing at UH. And everybody thinks it's just Tillman because Tillman's kind of the face. We have a lot of billionaires at UH. That yeah. Money Fred's there. Fred's not a billionaire. No. no Almost. Me. No. I. But I know a bunch of them. Uh, but the reality is, It was basically going to have to be a Tillman thing because Tillman's the one who pushed him. But the other guys are like, because I had a friend from UTSA who said, oh, well, we're going to give him a big raise. You can't you can't afford him. I'm like, uh, I hate to tell you this, but we really can afford whoever the fuck we want. I mean, yeah. it's just a matter of who puts the money up. I mean, and the difference is, and, and no knock on UTSA, but this is 100 years the UH has been in existence. And now we've got generations and generations of oil and gas guys who have either made that money or inherited it that put tons of money into the school. And it's not always in athletics, but once they lost the fan base this year and the alums, it's like, oh, no, we're, we're in. So I'm thinking four or five million for a head coach. You're pretty competitive with that. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, the Big 12 helps and the fact that you're in Houston. And, and it's so funny because they always talk about, uh, well, you know, if you just recruit Houston. The thing is, um, even if Texas gets the best players, A&M gets the second best or vice versa, and LSU gets the third best, there's still so much talent here yeah. that you're going to be really good. And, um, I mean, I, I think it's a great job for somebody and. They've got all the new facilities, and I'll give Tom Herman credit for that. I mean, you should see the campus now, man. It, it It's almost on the level of a Texas or A&M as far as the practice facilities and everything else. Um, and you walk in there, and you think you're walking into a an NFL practice facility. I mean, it's just they've spent a ton of money on that. So they've got everything they need uh, except the head coach. So, anyway, thanks to all the Twitchers for listening. I, I got a – Spend a minute talking about uh, Phoenix on Westheimer, another great sponsor of ours. Uh, best soccer bar in the city. By the way, your Dynamo have a chance to get to the finals. 
You go That's watch crazy. Your, you go watch your Dynamo. Uh, eh, you you eh. watch them. Tell me what happens. <laughs> eh, yeah, but I, I, you know, I'm not a I'm not a soccer guy. I mean, we know that. I'm sorry, football guy. Right. Because a couple of my new business partners are British, and we have this discussion all the time. But um, oh, English. Excuse me. I have to clarify that. But uh, anyway, the uh, uh, they they have great food. They have great service. And, you know, they have amazing, I mean, soccer days are just amazing. They're so amazing, I don't go because the Barcelona guys steal my seat. So, I, yeah, I, w- I, I actually went to the bathroom, came back, and a Barcelona guy was sitting in my seat. Even though I had my drink there with a coaster on top of it covered and my food in front of it. I don't like, like that. Yeah, I'm like, como se dice, get the hell out of here, bro. But, um <laughs> Uh, but anyway, no, it's a great place. Go check it out. Uh, I'm, I'm there a lot. They, and whatever you do, go ask what the lunch special is that day. Well, it's not lunch. It's lunch, dinner, and all day. Uh, and if they have the chicken Alfredo or the uh, shepherd's pie, just take that. Don't even look at the menu. Just take that. All right, so that's Phoenix on West Timer. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the games this weekend. I've got a couple I love. All right. But, but as always, I want to hear your take first because – you know, you either talk me out of stuff or you confirm what I think. So, uh, what, what's your favorite bet of the championships? Uh, I like the under in the MAC championship game. Um, basically, and it, it's a season where basically every MAC team has lost their quarterback, uh, including Miami losing theirs when they when they played Toledo right. the first time. Uh, Gabbert, the, the the Miami of Ohio still held serve. You know, since that injury, they've got the best defense in the conference. They allow 10 and a half points per game in conference play. The 21 points they gave up to Toledo was the most they gave up all season. Their quarterback, the backup quarterback, Avion Smith, is dog shit. He's bad. <laughs> but there, it's um, it, it, this is a, a, a game where I think defense is going to win out. Uh, I also I like the dog at seven and a half. Uh, Mac title games since 2005, 13 and five. That's 72 percent to the underdog, and Miami's nine and three ATS this year anyway. Uh, in that first game, Toledo had 4.3 yards per game. I, I don't trust Miami's offense. I don't really trust Toledo's offense, but these are two really good defenses. Uh, so I played under 44 and a half, one of my favorite bets. Uh, but also like that that uh, oh, Miami of Ohio plus seven and a half as well. Um, okay, so one of the one of the games I like a lot. I love SMU as much as I love Willie Fritz and Tulane. I love SMU in that game. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not. Uh, this was going to be I, – I was going to unload my account on SMU before okay, Preston good. Stone got hurt. Yeah. Uh, pre, I mean, Preston Stone is like one of the best under-the-radar quarterbacks in the country, particularly yeah. since conference play started. I, I, I mean, Kevin Jennings, at least he's got a little of experience. But I think this Tulane defense, particularly the secondary – is fraudulent um and on the other side of the ball we've seen michael pratt he's been a roller coaster lately like he's been alternating great games and bad games uh and last week he was at without two of the top three wide receivers both are questionable for this week smu like everybody talks about their offense because preston stone's badass this is one of the better defenses in g5 they've got one they're one of the best pass rush teams in the country i think they make pratt uncomfortable all game uh, I've done a lot of fading of Tulane this season. They're sitting at five and seven ATS, and and all that all coming into this year, all people would talk about was Tulane at home as an ATM. They were like seventy seven percent 
at home under Willie Fritz coming into the season. Two and five this year at home at Yulman Stadium. So I think we've got an undervalued defense for SMU, an overvalued offense for Tulane that might be missing pieces. I, I love SMU as well. Well, and the other thing about SMU, there's such a system offense that yeah. uh, I mean, and I mean, there. That, that, this is a guy who should be looking for a better job too, in Rhett Lashley, because uh, he's he's got everything we were talking about earlier in terms of an exciting offense. And, I mean, it, it's like I think he's kind of the next Lincoln Riley, to be honest. I mean, he he's that good. Uh, so yeah, I love them in that game. Uh, the other one, I, I do think Oregon wins. But to me, nine and a half is too much. Dude, um, think about this. That game they played on October 14th. Right. Washington closed as three-point favorites. And they won by, by three. three. Yeah, I had Oregon so, pushed. <laughs> so let's say let's say we're generous and we give Washington three points for home field. They, they I mean, they played about an even game. Now they Oregon's did. laying almost double digits on a neutral. So yeah. like, if you give the three for home field, that that brings them to even. Nine and a half points difference. And uh, I mean, a lot of it is the eye test. You know, people are talking about a lot, but I, I can't make a nine and a half point adjustment in power ratings on an eye test. It just can't happen unless there's some sort of major injury or something, which there hasn't been. Now, Penix has not looked the same in, you know, since the Oregon game. Uh, it may, maybe he's banged up, but he's still certainly serviceable. He's, you know, but. Uh, and t- two of the games that he's played since where that are kind of depressing his stats have been bad weather games, but Oregon's just dominated all these games. So it's like, well, the number keeps going up, up, up. Uh, I, I just think the number's too high. I'm, I'm with you. I think Oregon wins, but laying nine and a half, ten points is – it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense from a power rating standpoint. Well, and I think because, because since that game, Oregon has looked dominant and Washington hasn't, I think that's where we're getting – I mean – I think the market's gone the wrong way here because. But a lot of that is schedule, yeah. and a lot of that is Washington's played a, a, a tough part of their schedule, and I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's a, uh, it's just too much of an adjustment, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, because I basically my power rankings have Oregon minus five on a neutral. Well, you're giving me four and a half points now. Yeah, I, I, I got to take that. Whether whether I think Washington's going to cover or not, I mean that's just value. So. I like that, and I like Louisville against Florida State. That's the other game that I'm, uh, I'm kind of zeroing in on from a betting standpoint. Yeah, I, I wonder if I'm like um, because I just as a as a fan, I don't want to see Florida State in the championship. I mean, it's well, they had a great season, but and we talk I, about this. Sometimes we get biased, and 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 you know, you and I both do this because like we'll we'll love the Ravens until we die, but part of it's that. But I I just think from. I've watched both these teams all year. I think Louisville's just as good. I think at, I do too. Their best, you know. And and like uh, the the in the Florida game, they played a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball. Like Max Brown right. just couldn't throw the football. Um, and they listen, nice win. They they held on, but Louisville lost last week to Kentucky. They outgained them four hundred and three to two hundred and eighty nine. Yeah. yeah. Um. I just I don't think FSU's offense with Rodemaker at quarterback is good enough to keep up with them. Their their defense is awesome. I just think at some point Jordan Travis matters, and against a coach like Brom, who remember Jeff Brom took Purdue to the Big Ten title game last year. Yep. Right. One year later, he's got he's got Louisville in the ACC title game. Like this is a damn good coach with, with a very average quarterback this year. Yep. 
and, and I, I, I think, uh, I, I think there. If I were playing this game, I, I'd play Louisville money line. I, I'm not even messing around I, I, with the no, two and a half I, points. I, I love that too. I'm with you 100. percent Oh, good. I feel, I feel much better now. You actually agree with me. I know you got an opinion on the Michigan game. Let's hit that, and then we'll, we'll blitz through the NFL because we've talked too much college football. And- this is literally the worst offense in the country, Iowa. They got shut out against Penn State, and that was when they had Cade McNamara playing quarterback. Now they've got Deacon Hill, who isn't a real thing. Like he, that motherfucker back there is not real. That's Deacon Hill. That girl on the plane, that's Deacon Hill. <laughs> uh, I, but I think I think you're going to just see him be overwhelmed by this defense. And as the game goes on, that means Iowa's going to have to throw the football more. That's disaster. When Michigan doesn't have to work, when their defense doesn't have to worry about explosive plays. They can dominate. The, the team total on Iowa is six and a half. I, I just don't think they get anything done offensively. And, and I think this is a statement game for Michigan coming back from suspension. It's it's Michigan's defense against the worst offense in the country. And I, I'm right. not saying that like in some sort of uh, uh, hypothetical way. Like statistically, they are the worst offense oh, yeah. in the country. Michigan minus 22. I, I, I do love that play. Well, and, and here's the other thing I will say about that is every year everybody's worried about when Ohio State or Michigan comes off the, the rivalry game, everybody's always worried, oh, they're going to bounce. And um, it never happens, right? Yep. Uh, whoever wins just destroys the, the opponent in the championship game. And I think with Harbaugh coming back, it's it's even more. I mean, it's like, yeah, we're – I mean, we're going to bend these guys over and treat them like Ed Norton in American History X. And this is the last year you'll get that because they're they're getting rid of the West and East for the Big right. Ten. So it's going to be just the two best teams playing at the end of the year. So you might get Ohio State-Michigan back-to-back games sometimes. Which I'd be okay with. I'm I'd cool like, with that. I'm better I'm, than this. Yeah. I, I don't want to see I, Iowa. No. I, well, I, you know, I, and I, it, there's certain teams that I just hate watching, even if I bet on the game. Iowa's one of them. Iowa is just like the ugliest team to ever bet on or watch play football. And it's not that they're bad. I mean, hell, they won 10 games, but they went, they went 10 games by scoring 13 points. The over under on the Nebraska game was 25 and a half and they still went under. So their average scoring, if you, if you look at where they rank historically in average scoring, the, the, the most wins a team who put up the offensive production that Iowa did this year had won before this year was four games and they wow. won 10. Like it's just not sustainable. It's, it's, it's just not real. But they, they always have that weird game where they get four interceptions and score on defense and then wind up winning. And I, I just don't see that happening uh, against Michigan. I mean, I, they can ugly up a game. Yeah. Uh, hell their, their games are uglier than me, which is saying a lot, but um yeah, I, I, I just don't see that happening. All right, let, let's just uh, switch to the NFL because, uh, uh, you know, I, I, listen, guys, we both love college football, so, yeah, we went we went too long on that, but who cares? Uh, I mean, you guys might care, but I don't. Uh, Seattle-Dallas tonight. It's your show, Fred. I know. I can do whatever the bleep I want. I just can't go 15 minutes over anymore, which I found out the other day because it cut me off. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, yeah. So I can do an hour 15 or hour 14. But um, and so we're at uh, what fifty? We're fine. Anyway, um, you know everything tells me to bet Seattle here, and especially since the numbers gone up. But the one thing about Dallas is, boy, they beat up cripples. And short week, I, I, I 
the one bet that uh, BC gave me today that I really like was Tony Pollard over 22 and a half receiving yards. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I if I were going to bet it, I think I'd take Dallas. But it, it's just one where I, I like the Seahawks and maybe and you know we talk about bias. You know, I've loved the Seahawks all year. Maybe it's just that. I like Dallas here. Two reasons. One is uh, Dallas at home is just a juggernaut. They are averaging 41 points per game at home this year. 41. That's absurd. But the second reason that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The the second reason is Geno Smith. I I think I talked about this one. You know, I've talked about it before this season for sure. Geno Smith. I, I circle him and like, what defense are you going against? Yeah. Nobody has a bigger drop off from how they do versus zone defense to man defense than Geno Smith. Geno Smith versus man defense drops like almost his, his production's almost cut in half. And nobody plays more man than the Cowboys do. So I think it's a rough night for Geno Smith. Uh I, I think the Cowboys offense just continues to roll. And I and I think Dak, Dak is aware now that there's real conversation about him being the MVP of the league. Yeah. And if Dak wins an MVP, all the perception that's happened in Dak's career goes away. Because Dak is now an MVP winner, and all the all the shit talking people do, and the memes that people make, will go out the window because Dak won an MVP, and I I think they might look to put up some some yardage, some some big uh, numbers here for Dak. Um, I, I think the talk will go away until he loses in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, probably, but even, he'll still even, have an MVP. MVP yeah, <laughs> uh, and Fleet Fleet wants me to move my head so he can watch the show going on on the screen behind me. I I don't know what's on behind me, but. Uh, anyway, all right, so uh, let's look at some of the other games. Um, I uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee is kind of interesting. These are two teams I've kind of avoided betting on all year. Uh, you got any thoughts on that one? If you said ask me one game that I don't have a strong opinion on, it's this one. Um, uh, if I had to make a bet on it, it would be the under 43. Um, you know, I, I hate Will Levis. Uh, yeah, I do both, too. both these teams are good against the run. And both teams obviously want to run. And the first game was 23-16 in Indy. That was with a healthy Tannehill playing. Uh, so that landed 39 with a healthy Tannehill. Now we're saying 43 outdoors with Will Levis. Uh, I, I think the under is the best look in that game. All right. Uh, the Chargers, who I, I'm done with, their next wife to me. Uh, yeah. Chargers at New England. You, you can't lay five and a half, six points on the road with the Chargers. They're not good enough. That said... I don't want to put money on New England right now. Bailey Zappy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be rain, high of 50 degrees. You've got two teams that either can't or won't run the football. Uh, Keenan Allen was a, a, a DNP at practice with a quad injury. Like, where do the points come from? I, I think yeah. under 40 and a half is, is a look because, I I mean, the, the Chargers offense has been not good. They have they They have one receiver. One, like this Quentin Johnson is a, a bust. Like he, he just can't play. They can't even put him on the field as a first round pick. Oh my God, uh, that drop pass. Ugh. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know. I again I'm not laying any points on the road with the Chargers. They don't deserve that. Uh but I, I think under 40 half is a, a good look. If you take the the combined score of these two teams, like what they've done on on offense in the last two games each, it adds up to 43 points. And the total in this one is 40 and a half. So I, I think under is the way to go. Well, and Johnson, I, I loved him at TCU, but he's always one of those guys that looked the part but never really. Lived he's bad. Up, lived he's up bad. To his body, yeah. 
Uh, he's like the Mitch Trubisky of wide receivers. Uh, <laughs> so Detroit and New Orleans, and and you know, I'm kind of wondering if the Lions aren't. Uh, it, it, I, I think they maybe peaked already, but God, I don't trust the Saints for anything. Yeah, this is the first time in like three weeks that I've looked at a Lions line and said. This isn't like I, normally I look, I'm looking. I'm like, this is crazy for the Lions. This is way too rich against the Saints. I don't know. They're just stuck in the mud offensively. Yeah, uh, they're so bad in the red zone. And part of what I've what I've been looking to fade Detroit for is I, I don't think their defense is as good as people thought it was. Run defense is okay, but they've got a really shaky secondary. I don't think the Saints are good enough to take advantage of it. And then on the other side, you've got a Saints D that can defend the pass but struggles against the run, and the Lions have rushed for 170 yards per game in the last four games. Both Montgomery and Gibbs are healthy right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Detroit just runs it down their throat. And usually I want to fade Goff on the road, but I think road Goff is mitigated because the game is indoors. And I think right. that's the biggest the biggest you know concern for Goff is being outdoors in the weather. Here, I don't think it matters. So I, I, I lean to the, the Lions pretty hard. All right, so we got Falcons at the Jets. You know, if the Falcons had a real quarterback, this would be a legitimate, you know, I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs because they're going to win the division. But um, you could say the same a, about the Jets. Well, yeah, yeah. And and at some point, Aaron Rodgers is going to be back. I think it's going to be too late. But um, these are two teams that the one thing is I'll, I'll give the Jets credit for having a much better defense. Yeah. And maybe that's the difference here. Yeah, I, again, uh, one of the things that I've been really successful with the last couple of years and on the on the dream pod I've, I've picked 66% in the last 2 years on NFL, 5 5 games a week. One of the things that I've done most successfully is say when there's a road favorite, is this team deserving of laying points on the road against anyone? Right. And that like I said about the Chargers, they're in that group now. There's no way. The Falcons aren't good enough to lay points on the road, even against the Jets. The Jets stink. But I mean, who who the who is Desmond Ritter to be laying points on the road? Right. And the one thing I will say is, the Falcons seem to have figured out that the last couple of weeks that oh, we drafted Bijan Robinson. He's good. We should give yep. him the ball more. Exactly. Um, but every time the Falcons have played a top ten defense in DVOA, they've lost. They're zero and three in those games. They've averaged less than fourteen points per game. Best defense they've seen so far this year is Jacksonville. Held them to seven points. The Jets are a better defense in Jacksonville. It yeah. sucks. It sucks betting on Tim Boyle, but that's the only way I would look. I think the Jets. The best thing to do with the Jets is put them in a teaser, tease them up to eight and a half. Um, I, I think it's it's hard for me to imagine this being a high scoring game. The, the, the Falcons aren't going to blow out this Jets defense, uh, but the Jets aren't going to score much either. It's going to be a low scoring game, so give me the uh, give me the teaser there. Well, what I what I need the Jets to do is just give the ball to Brees Hall a hundred times. Yeah, you know uh, that works too. That's how you win. All right. Uh, so moving on, we have uh, uh, Arizona at Pittsburgh. I actually like the Cardinals to cover here. I do too. Um, I, I, listen, Pittsburgh's the luckiest team in the world. Uh, it, it, the offense looked better with Matt Canada last week. They still put up 16 points, and yeah. they, they and they they put up more yards, but they didn't right. convert. The, the the look ahead went from minus three to minus five and a half. Yeah. After they scored one touchdown in the game, it's crazy to me. And Kyler Murray as a road dog, 14-4 and four ATS. His average cover margin is 8.5 points per game. Arizona stinks on defense. They stink against the run. But Kenny Pickett's still a joke. Deontay Johnson doesn't even look like he wants to play football. 
And I, I, I just think this is another ugly, low-scoring game. I think the back door with Kyler Murray is always going to be open. So give me, give me the cards plus five and a half here. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm trying to find something to argue with you with, so hopefully it'll come up. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, hang on. Sorry, my, my glasses are not. Uh, uh, Miami at Washington. Miami on the road, not great. But I, this Washington team, the one thing about Miami is, is they're one of those teams. They beat up on cripples. Well, yeah. let's argue about this, Fred. Okay, Because, I, I, listen, I get that the commander's defense is terrible. The Dolphins laying nine and a half on the road in a game that's going to be in, – it's rain in the in the low 50s. I don't trust the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 0-7 in outdoor road games in December or later since Tua was drafted. If you go back further, the Dolphins are 1-12 in outdoor road games December or later since 2017. It's December. This game is outdoors. Uh, and their scoring margin, road versus home, five games at home this year. They're plus 107. That's 21 points per game. Six games outside of Miami, minus 19, negative three points per game. I don't trust the Dolphins on the road, especially laying a big number. Commanders are 4-0 ATS when Hal doesn't throw a pick. Dolphins are 29th in the league in takeaways. This feels gross because Washington is dog shit, but this is way too many points for the home team here. It's I, I have to back Washington. Well, uh, and, you know, nine and a half is too much for me, uh, but I, I will say this, and I like what Sam Howell's doing. I mean, he is much better than I thought he would be. Uh, and, yes, he doesn't put up points, but he does move the team. And if you can do yep. that, you get a couple of missed tackles or something like that, then, yeah, you, you could definitely cover. Uh, I mean, I think Miami wins, but uh, the, the thing on the road does bother me. But, I mean, they just seem to me to be one of those triple-A uh, plus clubs that will beat the crap out of triple-A teams. Yeah. And, and, and they run into good teams, and they, they get their ass kicked. And, That's fair. And uh, All right, so uh, – Denver at Houston. Uh, listen, the Texans are playing way better than I thought they would. They gave Jacksonville all they wanted last week. And, you know, we're a couple plays away from making it happen. Uh, but, you know, Denver has turned into one of those. They're, they're like Pittsburgh, right? They're, they've turned into this grimy team that you look up and you go, how the hell have they won five in a row? There's three teams that are in the – fucking luck box hall of fame this year pittsburgh is one denver is is another and we'll, i'm sure we'll get to the third here in a minute but to me Den- denver on this five game winning streak they've won the turnover battle 16 to 2 wow 44 of the 117 points that they've scored in the last five weeks came directly off turnovers and everyone's saying well the defense is fixed now it, no it's not in that no. five-game win streak, they're 29th in success rate on defense. 29th. If you take out the turnovers, they go from eighth per play in EPA, which it sounds like, oh, that's good. You're eighth in EPA on defense. They, you go to 22nd when you take out the turnovers. Right. They are just so lucky. It cannot last. I don't buy that this defense is good. I've never bought that this offense is good. They're so conservative. It sucks the Texans lose Titus Howard. That They've dealt with offensive line continuity stuff all season long. Uh, George uh, Fant was playing better at right tackle than he was anyway. So, But you know what? They're getting healthy at wide receiver finally. If yeah. Dell plays, 
Like they haven't had Collins, Dell, and Noah Brown on the field at the same time since week one. Yeah, I think that that could be a huge deal for them. I, I just I, Denver is a fraud, and I'm going to keep fading them. It, it might buck me, it, it, you know, but I I just don't believe in them. So uh, I, I like Houston here. Well, you know what they remind me of is like uh, like the Vikings last year were what eleven and zero in one score games, and this year they're yep. five and six. That's Denver. They're the eleven and zero from last year. Uh, Carolina, Tampa Bay, nothing yes. really here for me. Uh, but maybe you have something. No, I, nothing big. I, I know um, it, Carolina may get that new coach bounce. Uh, they're yeah. still just so devoid of talent. I, I think with Deuce Staley being fired, I think he was the reason why we were seeing so much Miles Sanders, even though Chuba Hubbard was clearly better. Yeah. Uh, so maybe yeah, we see I, I more Chuba Hubbard. Out. Yeah, I wanted to see more Chuba. And then the bet the Bucks are just like three starters: Levante, David, Jamel Dean. Like they've got a bunch of guys who are probably not going to play like on defense. And Baker Mayfield was banged up too, so if he if he isn't a hundred percent, I think we're getting value on Carolina. I'm not rushing to bet the Panthers because I just think they're garbage. But Tampa's one and six since the bye week, and and if you're ever going to see life out of Carolina, this would be the week. So I certainly lean to Carolina. Yeah, the the only thing I would say, and again, I have no opinion on this, but the only thing I'd say for Tampa Bay is they can still win the division, believe it or not. Yep. Uh, so Cleveland at LA, and you talk about lug boxes. That's Cleveland. Um, I, I, but the Rams, I, I just you know, as much as I like that team, it's just there's just something missing there, and I can't figure it out. I, I'm going to be on the Browns. Um, I, I know now that I know PJ Walker's not going to play, I'm I'm on the Browns. Like if DTR starts, I like catching three and a half. If Joe Flacco starts, I'm okay catching three and a half. I just yeah, didn't want to have to. I, I didn't want to play the Browns and have to count on PJ Walker. Um, well, Miles Garrett. The one thing about DTR is you can always count on him taking off and running and making yep. plays. Like I agree, and and you can he was safe with the ball, and he didn't right. take sacks. PJ Walker, as soon as he came in the game last week, took like three sacks and, and gave the ball away. He's he's just not an NFL player. Uh, sorry, Roughnecks fans. Yeah. Miles, but Miles Garrett's banged up. He says he's going to play. Amari Cooper banged up, says he's going to play. And I still think the Browns, like, I, I think their defense makes them good enough to be a playoff team. The, their schedule lines up for them to win some games. And get into the playoffs for the Browns is a big deal. They've been in the playoffs once in the last 20 years. Right. Stefanski could be the second Browns coach. Well, the, the, he would be the first Browns coach since the 80s to go to multiple playoffs in his career, like with the Browns. Yeah. The, the last guy to, to do Schottenheimer, it, right? Schottenheimer, yeah. yeah. Who, who remember? Like, think about this in, now. Now that you know the history of the Browns since this, Art Modell basically said we need like they'd made the playoffs four years in a row. They couldn't beat the Broncos, so they said we need to mutually agree to part ways. And they moved yeah. on from Marty Schottenheimer, who immediately got hired by the Chiefs. And the Browns have been to the playoffs twice since then. Like, it's the, it, it lost their franchise on top of it. So dumb, but um, Stafford also goes from the fifth best or fifth highest graded quarterback when he's kept clean to the 18th best when he's pressured. Obviously, the Browns, the best pressure team in the NFL. So, uh, I, I like the Browns here. All right, so we got one minute left, so I'm gonna let you blast through these last three. We got 49ers and Eagles. I love the new scheduling where the Eagles have to play Bills and Chiefs and San Francisco back to back. What do you think of this one? The Eagles are the third luck box team. This is a bullshit team. Yeah. 
Um, and now they, they, their defense was on the field 92 plays against Buffalo. They should have lost that game. Fletcher Cox got hurt. Jordan Davis got hurt. We don't know if Lane Johnson's going to be able to play. Uh, the 49ers have extra rest, and they're going against a team that's just got to be out of gas. Uh, I faded the Eagles last week with Buffalo plus three and a half. I won it. Uh, it, I know a lot of people got the three. Eh, sorry. But I, I believe this Eagles team is one of the luckiest in the league. They're not good enough to keep winning all these coin flips. They've got a road trip to Dallas on deck. They're coming off an overtime win. I'm fading the Eagles here. I, I, I like the, the 49ers. Love that play. Okay, KC at Green Bay. Uh, I like the Packers. They're quietly playing well, and I just don't trust the Chiefs to to get separation from anybody. The Chiefs lane six on the road. It, I just can't trust them to cover big numbers. Their offense is terrible. So, uh, and Packers have extra rest, home field advantage. Chiefs have look ahead to the Buffalo game. Uh, I, I like the Packers here. All right, and finally, uh, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Thirty seconds. Go. Uh, under thirty-eight. Dog shit offenses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, all right, uh, listen, AJ, great job as always. I, I promise I'll, I'll touch base with you this weekend on, on some other stuff. But uh, you do such a great job. Love having you on. Love your brother, and, and thanks again. See you guys. All right, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to everybody for uh, tuning in. Thanks to all you Twitchers. You guys are awesome. Uh, all, the, all the Blitzers and all the whatever you want to call yourself, Falcon Casters. I got to shut it down because we're in an hour and 14 minutes. Uh, anyway, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you Monday. We'll be at Midtown Bar and Grill. Please, please come out if you're in town. You will have a blast. Uh, until then, stay sportsy. Gulf Coast badasses.